Welcome to Retail Nightmares Podcast. My name is Alicia, Anne, Ardeen, Teresa, Tobin. I'm here with my co-host, Jessica Delisle. We don't have any time to waste today. We have a really special episode for you this week. Uh, Our sister podcast is joining us. Uh, I'm sure many of you already listened to the amazing, the hilarious, the insightful, and the full of swears podcast, Carp Face. Uh, And we have their co-ghost here today, uh, Lori Wolliver, writer, uh, buy everything that she does, read everything she's written, and Chris, (laughs) sorry, Chris Thornton, and professional dad. (laughs) Uh, <laughs> I always forget shit food blogger the second on way that, yeah a shitster on twitter uh, at shit food blog shit food blogger yeah how did yeah. you come up with that name Chris for your handle on twitter so it it came uh, it's, it's very dated it, I've been doing this since uh, shit my dad says was popular on twitter oh, right. and mm-hmm. so uh, my wife and I had a food blog together called the Pesh, which does not exist anymore, um, because we had three kids in a, in two years, and so we needed to do something together other than just make children. <laughs> so uh, we decided to uh, do this food blog together where I did the writing, she did the photography. Uh, and so we were involved with uh, the food blogging world for quite a while, and then we, we started to get really frustrated with it, just like any subculture or sub-subculture in, in the world where you you love it, but you also get really frustrated with it. And I said, uh, that's, I said something really dumb, and my wife said, that's something that's shit that a food blogger would say. And it was like, bingo, got it, let's go create the account. So uh, that's where it started. Amazing. Lori, uh, you're just Lori on Twitter, you're just Lori Wolliver. Lori Wolliver, yes, just real. That's nice to have your full basic. name. Yeah. yeah, I was. Lo- I guess I was lucky to get it. There are other Lori Wollivers out there, to my deep chagrin, including like a, like a very, um, I think a very rather religious choir director. Whoa. And uh, so I hope people don't do not confuse us. There's an Alicia Tobin who is a very accomplished OBGYN cool. on Twitter. Uh, and also everywhere else. So I feel very badly when her patients look her up and see the crap that I'm creating <laughs> and all the like, like dumb things I say. Like, and I worry, like one thing that like we we look very different. She's a very attractive young black woman. And so I think when they look her up and she wears a stethoscope in her picture, they can tell the difference. But mm. uh, sure, it would be a bit nerve wracking if you Google your doctor and I came up. <laughs> certainly wouldn't go through with the pregnancy. Um, <laughs> guys, thanks so much for doing our podcast. We just finished recording yours. Uh, we're doing this over a combination of recording applications and a Zoom meeting so we get to look at each other. Lori's been holding her phone for well over an hour. I'm concerned, concerned about her her needing to go to physio but not being able to get into one because of quarantine. I'm concerned about her ear heat. I know. Yeah. It's it's all worth it. It's it's a it's an acceptable sacrifice. Aww. Um, before we jump into our round of retail nightmares, I do have a question for everybody because Easter is my favorite time for candy. Um, I've got a Purdy's order uh, being shipped to my house. Purdy's is that makes the best cream filled Easter egg. Last year, I bought you guys. I don't know how many. I ate all of them. Never mailed them. Um, <laughs> so I'm trying to like reproduce that order. And uh, the website is so old school. It's such a lovely little like it's a Vancouver based chocolatier. It's not a small. It's not small. I'm sure it compares to something American that I just don't know about. Um, but I have so many Easter cream eggs in my basket. Uh, if you know what I mean. Oh. Um, 
<laughs> oh, we do. Uh, yeah, yeah, so yeah. what's your favorite Eastery thing? Jesus. Yeah, I mean, sure. it goes without saying. I love Jesus. Absolutely yeah. Jesus. Love the guy. The Pentecost. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Jesus, Jesus Christ Superstar, the London cast original sure. recording. Uh, yeah. And then as far I, as I things I put in my mouth... Godspell. I would like a Godspell if I could just interject. Mm-hmm. It, it's mm-hmm. been sure. a big division between us, I believe. I'm more Godspell and she's more Jesus Christ Superstar. <laughs> I saw Godspell performed for the first time ever for me uh, last spring uh, by a group of 10 and 11 year olds. Oh, and, oh wow. <laughs> so they I gotta say, them. I don't think anyone in the audience or on stage knew what the fuck was happening. It was, uh, it was, it was a lot. Uh, anyway, but I also like peeps. <laughs> Good segue, right? I love marshmallows, sugary marshmallows, uh, in the freezer, leave them out, let them get stale in the, in the plain air, stick them in the microwave if you're a psychopath, uh, just any, any which way. I have a question about peeps because I've only had them a few times. Are they all the same flavor? Because they're different colors. Um, yes and no. Uh, largely yes, but last year they started peeps. I don't know what happened to peeps. Uh, they they got a, an injection of terrible ideas and probably a little bit of cash, and they started doing different flavors and different they, they did like a um a tie-in with dunkin donuts and there was a oh. lot of weird upsetting peeps hybridization going on i think there's a peep cereal now uh but so so they've diversified a lot uh but the the sort of core peep is yeah it's all the same marshmallow and sugar and just different colors I'm a big fan of um, chocolate-covered marshmallow, like a marshmallow Santa Claus or an Easter bunny, um, Mm -hmm. a broomstick. I don't know if you guys have those out here, but in Depeners, like where I grew up, there would just be open-air broomsticks, which were marshmallow-shaped brooms dipped in chocolate. And a stale marshmallow is really the best. You want a bit of chew. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Definitely. Not a high amount of chew. And Jessica, do you have an Easter favorite? I feel like you're a mini egg person. I like mini eggs, but like I really overdid it that one time. I bought the value size bag. (laughs) um, And I was like, this will last me all month. And then I just had a bender of a weekend. This was back when I lived by myself. But I don't know. My mom usually gets me a bag of Purdy's jelly beans for Easter. Um, Oh, nice. I have a feeling she's probably not going to do it this time. Like Purdy's, when I was a kid, Purdy's would do like a special mug every year for easter that would say like 1993 and had like a cute little bunny with a tulip or whatever and so i still have all of those and then they like started doing these little tins and i still have all of those (laughs) but yeah i don't know i'm trying to like just not buy snacks because our relationships to going out to buy snacks has changed so much and i didn't have them for like a week or two and then i got some and then I was like, this is a bad idea because I just ate them all in like three days. Yeah, my first week of uh, uh, self-isolation, I ordered a bunch of fun things on my grocery order and then just ate them all in one day. <laughs> but I don't regret it at all. Like I will do it again. It felt right. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like because they're there that I don't feel like as m- I don't feel as much pressure to finish them mm. because... Usually I just buy one treat, but if there's more than one, I'm like, it's fine. No one's going to steal it. No one can come in here and steal my treats. They're not allowed. 
Mm, I don't worry about they have a complicated relationship with it. I just <laughs> I know that they're there and then I need all of them. But the only thing that I don't have that problem with is the giant bars of dark chocolate. There's something about Yeah, they're not that good. No, they're really good. They're like my favorite, but they're like savory almost. They're like anyway. Chris, what's your favorite Easter candy? Oh wow, so many. Uh but I think I'm gonna stick in the Kind of in the jelly bean area, and there's wow. been a lot of innovation in sweet tarts recently. Um, and and I, there's some sweet tart jelly beans that are like little pillows that are they're phenomenal. They're so soft, and so you bite into them, and you're expecting a high amount of chew, uh, <laughs> like a high chew, which of course is my favorite candy. But it's not a high amount of chew. It's a low amount of chew. And it's it, there's almost no resistance. And so you're just like biting into this pillow of air and sugar. And it's just fantastic. I love them. I, like I love that. them so much. Well done, sweet tarts. I did not. I, we definitely don't have those in Canada. Yeah. Well, and I think I think sweet tarts are known as like different things. So in in different countries. And so it's our sweet tarts in uh in Canada, are those sugary, like powder sugary that are compressed, or are they chocolate? Yeah, yeah, no, sweet tarts are the same here. It's, the what's, powdery, sugary. it's what called, what's called Smarties yeah, yeah. in America is different here. What is it? What is it? Smarties, yeah, like freedom. Smarties down there um, are called rockets <laughs> up here. <laughs> That's also quite different. Um, yes, it is. It certainly is. Smarties, we have, universal health care. We have. Mm, okay. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, yes. We have the British Smarties here, which are more like M&M's. Yes, but Smarties. to me, yeah. I think they're better than M&M's. So good. The candy tarts. coating is thicker. Yeah. And the chocolate is a higher yeah. quality. You're certainly right there. I'm not going to fight you. But I like a Smartie. I like a rocket. Uh, I like a sweet tart. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you take it? Especially if it's like a pillow. Who doesn't want a sweet tart pillow? Oh, my god. Name one person. Yeah. Well, I have I just look them up. They look, they look delicious. I have yeah. this rolled doll cookbook from when I was a kid. Um, and one wow. of the things in it is edible pillows. And it's like a lot oh. of all the recipes are things from his story. So like a lot of it's from Willy Wonka and all that stuff. But there's some really obscure ones. And edible pillows is something I always wanted to make. And it's like full of marshmallows. And the illustrations are great. That Delicious. sounds amazing. What is your favorite? Uh, and it's your podcast. But what's your favorite uh, rolled doll story? Mine's James and the Giant Peach. Yeah. Yeah, it's fantastic. So good, right? Maybe the so yeah, maybe the witches, I think. Which is great. Lori. I I guess I have to say uh Charlie and the Chocolate Factory because I don't I, I don't remember James and the Giant Peach, although I know I did read it and I haven't read any of the others. But I had a copy, uh, I had a VHS copy of the 1970s uh, Willy Wonka chocolate, Charlie and Chocolate Factory film, um, which is the one of the weirdest Beautiful fucking Logan. movies, at least for kids. Um, and I loved it so much, and then I lent it to somebody in college, and then, of course, never fucking saw it again. But mm. it was a great that movie. It sounds so good. Mine is uh, The Boy Who Talked with Animals. And it came from like a story anthology about Henry Henry Sugar Henry and Sugar other stories and or something others. like that. Yeah, I have that one. And yeah, yeah, we um we had family friends that would give us rolled doll books every year for Christmas. And I know rolled dolls very problematic yes. in many many ways. I just found very that out. so don't want to don't want to avoid that. Um, but I think like that his 
the darkness in his stories really affected me as a child. They always felt like um, a terrifying thing to read, um, like a terrifying thing that I was going to be scared to death and then would love on the other side. And so the boy who talked with animals is about a boy who could talk with animals. Uh, and I mean, and who would have known from the title, uh, <laughs> but he like freaks his parents out and he ends up like going out into the ocean and he won't come back. And they're like, oh, did he die? And no, he's just on the back of a turtle. And he, like, pieces out and, like, leaves forever. And I was just like, that is the best exit in the world. Just hop on the back of a sea turtle and be done with the whole thing. That's pretty good. Sounds great. I still have all my Except for the Harry Salmonella. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So you get Salmonella on your cooch. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think, like, if you had seawater, though, would that help? I don't know. I mean, I have access to it. So maybe. Yeah, maybe. (laughs) She's not a doctor, Chris. She's not Dr. Alicia Tobin. Yeah. That's right. I had you mistaken. I looked you up before we spoke and I thought you were going to be an OBGYN. Well, I did. I did give the impression that I could uh, perform an exam. Um, Should we do a round of retail nightmares? Yes. So should the guests go first? Yeah. Uh, Chris, you want to get us started? Oh, wow. I would love to get us started. Um, <laughs> I'm going to tell... Uh, tell uh, my retail nightmare was was um, working for... It, it, sometimes religion doesn't matter, and sometimes it does, because it just helps you understand the environment and the, the expectations. So my first job was working, and I think I can say her name because I'm positive she's dead at this point, uh, but I worked at Aunt Irma's Kitchen in Syracuse, Indiana, and it was downtown Syracuse, Indiana, which is a very small town. It's a, it's a, um, We call them lakers, you know, lots of lakes around, freshwater lakes, and people from Chicago and South Bend and Fort Wayne and Michigan would like come down to our, our lake because it was the largest one in Indiana, and who doesn't want to be there? At the largest lake in Indiana. So we had a lot of people coming through, but this this place was like a place where the townies would go eat. And it was a shitty diner um, in a terrible building with lots of brown vinyl and faux wood tables that were wobbly. And it was a, a dishwasher. And Irma was a Mennonite woman. And if you don't know Mennonites, an offshoot of of the Amish, definitely related to the Amish. And she had been Amish, but left being Amish. And now she's a Mennonite and she was running uh, her restaurant. And she was so mean. She was just one of the meanest people I've ever met. Uh, and it was the <laughs> tiniest little restaurant. And so that we, the kitchen and my sink were in the back. And then there was a counter that you could sit at out front if you were a patron and then bad tables throughout. And I didn't use gloves because they didn't give me gloves. And so my hands were just plunged in this hot, soapy water all day long. And she insisted that it be as hot as possible. I could not use cold water at all to, like, make it warm. It had to be scalding hot. And so my hands were just destroyed. And she was so mean to me. She was mean to the customers. She was mean to the staff, to the wait staff. And one day, it was toward the end of the summer, And she was yelling at one of the servers, uh, who, who's a woman and she and I were friends and she was just belittling this person in front of all the customers. All the customers could hear because it was right in the doorway. And I just started yelling back at, at her 
and just telling her she was awful and rude and unhappy inside, and I'm sorry you've had such a sad life, but don't take it out on everyone else. And like just this 14-year-old kid just yelling wow. at the owner of the restaurant. And it turned out that my, my dad was superintendent of our school system. We had just moved there. And and so this is the summer before I started school. And the health teacher, the 10th grade health teacher, uh, my dad was meeting all the teachers one day. And uh, the health teacher said, oh, hey, does your, you know, nice to meet you, all that. Does your son work at the diner downtown and my dad was like oh yeah and he goes yeah let me tell you what he did oh <laughs> he just he had been in the restaurant that day and heard everything um and said it was like the best thing that had ever happened in that restaurant <laughs> so you know what a did things hero. change i don't know did things change but i think that was my you know the up with people fight the power type of moment it's your origin Definitely story the, the first time that is that is where I started. So that's my, that's my nightmare. Wow. That's really good. Do you remember something from that diner that you really liked to eat? Was there anything that you liked? Yeah. 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 She made giant pancakes. So when I'm using my hands, like as big as a beach ball Whoa. and uh, you had to use like um, two or three spatulas to flip it all at the same time. It was, it was pretty impressive. They were really good. Lori's making a really good face. <laughs> <laughs> It just seems oppressive, like the three spatulas. It just seems like obnoxious. Seems like but a lot of I can see why people would like it. She was it. terrible. She was a terrible person. <laughs> but yeah, the pancakes were good. You know what was terrible? The salmon cakes. She would make tinned salmon cakes. No. And what? she would open that up and it was a special every Thursday and it would just destroy me. I thought I was going to lose it every single Thursday. Yeah, fish is a tricky food. Uh, years and years and years ago when I was really broke and I was working as an assistant brand manager for a German women's clothing line called Jerry Weber, which is pronounced Jerry Weber in German. <laughs> I, I, one of the worst jobs I've ever had. Um, my boss, who was lovely, took me out for lunch and I'd been on the West Coast for years and just had moved back to Montreal. And so I ordered the salmon at this chain steakhouse on DeCary Boulevard in Montreal and it arrived and it was a type of trout that uh, really bad restaurants will try and pass off as salmon. <laughs> and it had been frozen and then like cooked very quickly. It was crazy bad. Uh, salmon is a real tricky fish. So good in so many ways, but Cabin. not when it's trout. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, man, those early jobs. Not a lot of changes though. You just get like better jobs, hopefully. Lori, have you ever worked yeah. in a kitchen? Yeah. I worked in a kitchen briefly. So I went to culinary school um, yeah. when I about 21 years ago uh, or 22 years ago now. Jesus. Um, I thought I wanted to be a professional chef because I had worked as a private chef or private cook really for a couple of years and thought I wanted to kind of take it to the next level um, and had read one article that said chefs can make up to $85,000 a year. And that was in like <laughs> 1997. So I was like, you know, I, di I didn't do any further. Re I was like, okay, <laughs> sign me up. I want to make $85,000 a year. Um, and went to culinary school and realized that that was actually very much an outlier, uh, you know, uh, figure for someone who had put in a lot of time in the industry. Uh, yeah. And also realized that I did not like um, a lot of what it entails to be a professional cook. So I, I did the program. 
uh, I sort of half-heartedly tried to get a job in restaurants, but then fortunately was able to get a job as an assistant to a high-profile chef. Uh, and I got to do a lot of other jobs that weren't cooking in restaurants. But then someone quit their job in the restaurant that this guy owned. And it was like right before service. And he said, well, you went to cooking school. Why don't you just um, put an apron on and go in and fill in for this person? (laughs) Which was truly a nightmare. So for, I think, three weeks, I worked um, in the restaurant kitchen. And it was very busy, intense. It was a very popular new restaurant that had gotten really good reviews. And so we just got slammed. Like from the minute they opened until the end of the night, it was incredibly busy. And I fucking hated it. Um, I was, I felt proud. I was glad that I did it. And I was glad that I sort of proved I could do it. But every night I was just like, I hope I get hit by a bus. So, So, a lot of respect for people who put in their time in kitchens. Uh, It's not the way that I like to cook. Yeah, that makes sense. I like to cook. It looks terrifying. Toilet. I could never do it miserable. I do have a retail nightmare though. Um, Amazing. And I will, I will be brief um, or ish. Uh, When I was in high school and also in college, I worked in two different video stores uh, and in high, I went to high school in a, in a small town, a village actually of about, I don't know, less than 4,000 people. So we had a little video store and this was in the um, early nineties when these things still existed. And, uh, it was run by teenagers and we would, um, you know, only play the movies that we wanted to watch, which for me was pretty much exclusively this one Grateful Dead concert video, um, <laughs> which was not super popular. Uh, no one ever wanted to check it out. Uh, and we would, you know, our friends would come by and it was like a great job for a, a teenager who was kind of lazy. Um, and the nightmare part of it, so that was, you know, it was, it was a, mostly a dream, but the nightmare part of it was, um, one day this guy came in who I recognized right away as George the Magician. Uh, and he had been the magician on one of these, I don't know if you guys are familiar with this genre, which I'm sure doesn't exist anymore, but it's like the local children's television morning show like Saturday morning right so it's like the Boy Scout troops would come in or whatever and it would be like a variety show so George this was George the magician from the like whatever show it was and um, somebody that I remembered from my childhood and he didn't live in our town and I was like what's what's George the magician doing here and I quickly realized that the reason he was in our small town video store was because he went directly to the adult video section uh, which was uh you know it was it was all the boxes but instead of having the the pictures and you know whatever it was just they were all just red cardboard you know so it was the red section and you take off the red tag and you know it was, it was not subtle when you were when you were checking out those movies everyone knew what you were doing um so it was really horrifying to like stand there and watch George the magician read all of the, you know, anal invaders 14 and um, <laughs> E3 extra testicle and all the like horrible uh, porn from the from the early 90s. And then I and I don't remember what what uh, what film he actually rented, but he, he got a couple and I had to go, you know, get them and. And sign him up for a membership because this was the first time that he came into the store and clearly he couldn't go to his own uh, hometown video store. But uh, 
it was a little, it was disillusioning, I guess. Um, And of course, now I know that, you know, all adults are entitled to enjoy porn now more than ever. But uh, (laughs) as a 16, 17 year old, I was, I was, um, I was pretty bummed out about George, George having a dick that worked and that he had to (laughs) touch. Lori, we've talked many times about fucking a clown. So I don't, do you think that this is where it started? Uh, Um, maybe, I don't know. I don't, I don't have any, I don't have any particular like erotic feeling toward George, but okay. maybe, maybe. All right. Cause I'm, I'm going to look up pictures of him. I'm imagining that him not with a dick, but just with like an old fashioned, like car horn down there. <laughs> yeah. And then when he squeezes it, like a bunch of doves fly out. Yeah. Either that or like a rubber chicken. <laughs> Jessica lives near, um, we always kind of don't say where we live, but I think, Jessica, you still live near an adult video store, an adult store, right? It's not, I don't think it's a video store. I think it's mostly like toys and stuff. I've never been in it. But while it's like, it is technically like on my street, on one of the streets that I live on. Um, I've lived here almost 10 years. And during that time, it's changed ownership like three times. And I think now it's called Male and Female Harmony, <laughs> and their logo—that's right. Their logo is like a male puzzle piece uh, interlocking with a female puzzle piece. Um, That's how it goes. Mm-hmm. It's it used to be called Adult Source Boutique, and it's right next to one of the worst uh, pizza places in the city. But it's also next to one of the best depeners in the city because they're one of the few depeners that carries Munchos, the best chip ever made. Oh yeah. The Hostess Muncho wow. is like a, a very greasy Pringle. It's so good. Oh, that sounds great. In Quebec, they used to make them in barbecue flavor, but they don't do that anymore. The first couple of years we recorded the podcast, it was dinner a lot of the time with a bag of Munchos. Yeah, I remember Sodium, that. I'm guessing it's about 2,000 milligrams per serving. Yeah. Real good. That's fine. Normal. That's fine. That's your daily requirement. It's healthy. I'm very excited yeah. to find out that Lori worked in a video store because yeah. that's a that's a real rite of passage in retail. Yeah, like, I, that's a cool yeah. job. It's like record store, video store. I was never that cool. I feel like we're sisters now. Yeah, <laughs> I wasn't sure that I was actually well. It didn't take much in my high school to get the job, and then in college, it was a more coveted job, and I was really nervous on my interview. And the guy who owned the store was like he had recently come to the United States from like Serbia and he was like okay well you know I need to know like are you do you you know do you know do you really know movies and like I really didn't but I was like yeah <laughs> and he's like um okay tell me your favorite movies or or he asked me some really softball question he was like tell me the plot of Star Wars you know and I was <laughs> like um space ghosts like I don't know what <laughs> whatever I said was I mean he he really softballed it and I nailed it and I think it was you know I kept that job for a long time, uh, which was um, made me very popular with to, to be able to rent free films. Uh, but I remember getting really sweaty at that job because sometimes the paper would run out on the printer and I'm um, not great under pressure and not great with like machines. And I remember a couple of times like having if I was working alone and I had to be the one that like changed or reloaded the paint, you know, and it was like the old where the printer has like the teeth and the side and like the, a yeah, line it's up the, you know what I mean? Yep. Yeah. Sometimes Super you have to school. wedge a little piece of a matchbook in there so it lines up properly. It doesn't like, yes, get, 
Off-centered. Yeah. And there's like a long line of like spoiled assholes who are like waiting <laughs> to rent their videos and I'm sweating and I can't quite get and you have to, you know, print out the receipt because so they can sign it. Otherwise, you know, just it was uh, I'm not great in public facing situations. I don't think anybody um, is. It's just because we have to do it. Yeah. Um, you just kind of find your feet as best you can and then deal with whatever emotions you have after work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh gosh, people are terrible sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jessica, did you want to do a retail nightmare? You haven't been outside of the house a lot. Well, I did go outside. I did go outside on Tuesday. And as I was walking to the store, I overheard a man who was on a phone call. So this is more of like a stop podcasting yourself style overheard. Um, but yes, yeah. I'm one of the co-ghosts. Well, that podcast is going to go bankrupt, so we can take that segment. Yeah, I'm going to allow <laughs> it. I think this is kosher. Um, so there's this man, and like there weren't a ton of people out. I specifically went out during a hailstorm because I was like, there's going to be less people out right now. And I was only walking like a block or two. Um, and there's this man, and he was on the other side of the street, but then I crossed the street to avoid someone else. So he was behind me, but it was like a safe distance. But he was talking... Um, with earbuds and he was talking very loud and I just overheard him saying yeah we need to send an email that's 20% empathy 30% business and 50% future it's amazing and then he sort of like went on to just like really hammer home those points and like why those are the right that's the right ratio of what the email needs to be I didn't catch what what business he was in but yeah, what does it matter? Yeah, he. W- I think he might have been wearing flip flops too. <laughs> mm, he sounds terrible. It's a tough song. And it was hailing, so that's going to be some wet uh, man feet. Ooh. Yeah, twenty yeah. uh, percent empathy seems seems low. It seems way too low. <laughs> yeah, seems low, wow. especially when you're planning it. Like, because you could plan in so much more empathy. You're only like exactly. 20% was adequate for this person. That's a real warning sign. And also 50% future. Like, I feel like the future should be the 20% because who knows what the fucking future is going to be like right now. Oh, but all these business people are so cocksure. Like if you're making money, uh, the problem is it's going to run out because you're going to run out of supplies because the whole world shut down. Yeah. That's why yeah. I'm just pumping iron. <laughs> I know. Ew. I've come very close to many times over the past year ordering a mini trampoline. Ooh, those are fun. Um, yeah. Yeah, and they're supposed to be, like, really good for your lymph nodes. Mm, shake um, that lymph. I went to holistic nutrition school, which is not a real thing. Um, <laughs> but I, I there's no one to deliver it because everyone's ordered them so uh, far in advance. I think I don't know what I'll get. You can just jump um, so I have a retail nightmare from my job. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I've taken the like consumer experience department home in a smaller version. Uh, and my the person that works with me is doing like mostly responding to emails and Facebook messages. And I'm responding to phone calls and handling Instagram, which is really interesting because Instagram is actually incredibly positive. I had no idea. I really resisted uh, taking over that. And then it's just great food pictures and people with personal anecdotes and the very occasional complaint, which is the opposite of my day, where people are just Mm. so upset about, I mean, sometimes very valid things and sometimes not so much. But I um, took a phone call yesterday and it's really worst case scenario for me is a very lovely woman, very, very religious woman uh, in the States. She lives in a really remote 
agricultural area. She lives in farmland. And she said to me that COVID is God's way of correcting our behavior. Amen. What? <laughs> and uh, I have to, I have to, and then she called God Yahweh. Uh, she's a Christian. And of course, in the, in the yep. Bible, Yahweh appears. He makes appearances. Um, sure. And I was going to tweet about it, but um, I mean, it's her way of, uh, she wasn't an unkind person. She wasn't, uh, she's very, very lovely. Um, but it's her way of just understanding how the world works. And she's like, do you think this is, is God's way of punishing us? And I said, I have to be really careful because I really need this job very badly. Uh, so I said, I think that now presents presents us with some extra time to reflect on how we live. <laughs> and she was really delighted by that. Wow. Uh, but of course, like I keep making the same mistake after work, which is taking up even more time than it used to before, which I thought I would have more time because I'm not like taking a bus and having to deal with work stuff. I get off work and then I read Twitter and I found, like, I don't know if you've ever seen on Twitter, these sort of submissive wife accounts that are like, I love, I love Jesus. And I submit to my husband and yeah. she, she was like, a, I, I, so I ended up reading like maybe 40 of her tweets, which are just batshit crazy uh, about COVID and all these other things. How Donald Trump is wonderful. And in that perspective, I thought this woman was, was okay. And she's just wow. trying to understand the world as it is. Uh, she's a senior. She was 75. So. Oh, okay. I don't hate her. that makes sense. I thought she was like 30. That's always very nerve wracking when somebody's <laughs> chosen that way of life. But also, I'm sure there's a ton of people who are 30 who would also share those. those same oh, yeah. I went to college oh, yeah. with many people that would feel that way. Yeah. I mean, not 30 year olds, because that, that would be weird. I'm much older than that. But <laughs> yeah. So yeah, Lori, that's Lori feels that way. I mean, Lori's picked up the phone and said, "Finally, God's wrath." <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally. I uh, have said this to Jessica, and I feel very like like there's never going to be a moment to talk about it. Uh, but yeah, it's like, well, this would be a good time to say, like, hey, maybe we shouldn't eat everything. <laughs> and there's just no way to have yeah. that conversation without sounding like a racist and terrible human. So I'm not having that conversation outside of uh, my own brain where I'm like, we just maybe should give animals a bit of a break uh, mm-hmm. from, uh, you know, uh, that, a woman who has uh, $32 worth of chicken breasts in her fridge that he has to freeze. So you can just tell me to fuck off anytime you like. Human breasts. No, no, no. Should we do, uh, we're going to do acceptable sauces, right? Yeah. Speaking of food. Yes. Yes. Acceptable sauce, squeeze a chicken. Lori <laughs> 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 and Chris, what are your acceptable sauces? Chris, you want to go first? No, you go first this time. <laughs> okay. All right. 
last week, a friend who had been keeping his restaurant open to do takeout and delivery finally uh, decided to stop that uh, to give everybody a break and uh, and sort of whatever, just give everybody a break. So then he called and said, I've got a lot of stuff. I've got a lot of food that's going to go bad. Do you want to come over and shop in the walk-in? And I said, yes, I do. And I went over with a couple of bags and... Um, he was like, take the buttermilk. There's so much okay. buttermilk here. And like, I've never, I, I don't buy buttermilk because I just like, if I need it, I just take some regular milk and put uh, some vinegar in it. And then so you've got lovely. buttermilk. But I was like, I can't turn down the opportunity for some buttermilk that's going to go bad in like three days. So then it became this sort of race to use the buttermilk quickly. And I did some baking and whatever. But one thing that I realized is that buttermilk on its own, totally acceptable sauce. Really? Um, on fruit, just take out a can of pineapple, put it in a bowl, put some buttermilk on it. Delicious. Whoa. Um, wow. I used it as a, uh, basically as, as the base of a um, vinaigrette for uh, a salad. So it's just buttermilk, a little salt and pepper, squeeze of lemon juice, done. My kid hated it. It was, it wasn't like a universally accepted great idea for him, but, uh, <laughs> but I liked it a lot. Uh, I put it on some oatmeal. I put it, uh, last night I made some banana cake and I put it on the banana cake. So yeah, buttermilk, acceptable sauce. Nice. That's a first. That I'm really impressed. Yeah. Wow. Chris, what's your acceptable sauce? Ugh. Well, I can't beat that. <laughs> so let me, let me, ha. let me go at a different angle. Uh, I'm going to say balsamic vinegar. And a lot of it, like a lot <laughs> of it, like a couple of cups of it. <laughs> oh, so think like the cheapest balsamic vinegar you can buy is what is preferred here. Yeah, Lori, the listeners can't see you shake your head, but they can feel it. <laughs> they can Dying. feel how <laughs> how angry I'm making you. So, so we, um, my wife and I used to live in Chicago, and we fell in love with this. Uh, this little Italian restaurant that I think is called Anna Maria Pastoria. We used to live there a long time ago, so I can't exactly remember. But they made this balsamic cream sauce. And oh, wow. we found out that, that it's just like I tried to start replicating at home. And I'm not going to buy the expensive balsamic vinegar because I don't think I deserve it. So I'm not going to buy it. And we... So we get really cheap stuff. And I'm talking like the the $3 bottle at Trader Joe's, and it's maybe two gallons. Whoa. Um, <laughs> and so you pour that. <laughs> you have to build up layers of it. And if you start evaporating it, first of all, you're going to cough like crazy. But then you start burning off all of the liquid, and you end up getting this really, really intense I don't sweet, thick, wonderful stuff because you're just evaporating layers and layers and layers off of it. Then if you want to, you can add in a little bit of cream, but you don't have to. You could just add in the pasta water and that becomes the sauce itself. And so you can add from there. You can do onions and garlic if you want to, which is going to make it really great. Uh, I end up putting um, roasted mushrooms in there as well. Uh, but really the base of it is just evaporated balsamic vinegar. Okay, so it's just a That's balsamic reduction. That's an acceptable reduction. sauce. <laughs> kind of, it sounds, 
I don't know what it sounds like. I'm having trouble imagining it. We've definitely had this before. It's just a balsamic reduction. Like you can buy it in a bottle. It's yeah. like thick balsamic. Yeah. It's like a balsamic Oh yeah, but don't syrup. do that. No, you have yeah, to Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're in. getting close to a syrup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Buy the cheap stuff. And, do it yourself. And breathe in the fumes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, you're definitely getting a lung infection from it. There's no so doubt. You're blowing your nose and it's just dark brown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's thick. I mean, it's like, I guess, yeah, it's like a syrup coming out of my nose. That's exactly it. I like it. It's mm-hmm. tangy. Jessica, nope, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I, I'm, just, I'm just picturing this beautiful uh, Kleenex disaster. Um, my acceptable <laughs> sauce is uh, tuna water. Oh, wow. You love a can, a canned water. <laughs> yeah, we, the last time I bought groceries, I didn't buy enough proteins. So, uh, like, we just had a ton of pasta and, like, tortillas left over and nothing to put on it. So I was like, okay, let's rectify this. So we bought three cans of tuna, which I hadn't bought in so long because the place near us never has the, like, sustainable stuff. And I didn't want to be killing all the dolphins because they're so cool and freaky but they finally got their act together and they have this sustainably caught tuna so we've got four four cans of it and we've used two so far but i've been saving that tuna juice i just get it in water not in oil and uh (laughs) pour that for what well, ma- it's mainly for midnight, the cat. <laughs> yeah, okay, that checks out. Put it in the water, they love put it in the water. dry food, makes it more exciting. But, you know, you just add a little bit of that back into your tuna concoction. It's great. <laughs> I've also been saving all the aquafava from my cans of chickpeas. Oh. That's, I mean, it's not a good sauce yep. on its own, but it helps to, like, water things down, build things up. I'm just really, like, being conscious of all the cans I have and making sure I use everything from all the cans. You're (laughs) conscious of cans. I love these cans. You love those cans. (laughs) What about you? I don't know if mine counts. A little, like, maybe right around Christmas time, I went to a store in town that's called Vegan Supply. Oh, yeah. uh, And stocked up on, like, I don't know, just weird things I never tried that were plant-based or vegan vegan and i bought this fake parmesan cheese which is the only cheese i really miss that's not true like cheese is delicious but i do miss a really nice parmesan uh this is not doesn't taste anything like parmesan it tastes sort of like a popcorn topping it's called no harmesan whoa and uh, (laughs) i think it's made of like garlic nutritional yeast and cashews basically okay and it's just like uh ground up and you can sprinkle it on like a craft parmesan it's delicious so many like crappy like i don't feel like cooking for myself meals have been improved by this no harmesan stuff and it expired two months ago but i'm like nah, it's fine it's fine there's nothing in there that could spoil yeah exactly Man, I already feel yeah, the- I already feel that way about the like the parmesan that comes in the can. Like I already feel yeah, like that's does it so, ever go bad? It feels so far yeah. removed from like any actual cheese that it's just like, oh, it's just a salty mm-hmm. dust. Yeah. And I like it. I've got something in my fridge. Amazing. Should we pop Is it time? Pop all the week? Yeah. I think it's time. Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Um, Lori, who's your puppo? Who's your puppo? My puppo is my cat, Moxie. 
Um, she's actually Canadian, so I don't know if you guys know her. You've probably met her because yeah. she's Canadian like you guys. Um, she, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, she is 11 years old, supposedly, but if you met her, you would think that she's a kitten. Um, I, I think maybe she used a fake ID or something <laughs> to get across the border. Uh, she was, I, I adopted her in the fall. Um, she was being fostered by somebody because she used to have a a lady that she lived with and that lady was old and she died and so they smuggled or maybe legitimately just traveled with moxie across the border i don't know why she ended up in the states but she came here and i adopted her and she's hilarious um i've never met a cat that's so motivated by play and so not motivated by food and it's really like She's almost indifferent to food. She eats, like, and she's, you know, it's not like she doesn't eat, but she doesn't give a shit. Like, when I put the food out, she's just like, okay, yeah, but are you going to throw the ball for me? Like, she doesn't. And she likes to take a walk, like, twice a day. She goes to the front door. She makes a very specific meow. She makes her face insanely cute and, like, makes her pupils really big. Like, she does that thing that's, like, all the beseeching that's available to a cat, she does. And we open the door. We walk down the hall, she sniffs all the other doors, and then we walk back, and that's that's it. She doesn't, you know, she doesn't try and make a run for it. She just wants to, like, have a little stroll out in the hallway. That's so um, cute. So that's my cat, Moxie. Beautiful. What, what? So cool. Where do you live? She on? probably moved to the U.S. because taxes are better. Oh, God. Yes. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. true. Yeah. Um, yeah, we haven't talked about her political, uh, her political views. Um, I'm, I'm assuming that she is not, um, not a fan of our current federal government, but you know, we don't talk about it. I just feel like it's, that's her business, you know, what what floor do you guys live on? We live on the fourth floor. Um, I will say once in a while, uh, she did this with my son the other day, and she's done it with me a couple times, where she will kind of just suddenly go up or down a flight of stairs, and then that whatever change of floor that is does not register in her like tiny walnut cat brain. So then she thinks, then she goes to the corner where our apartment would be, only it's you know the one above or the one below, and then meows really insistently at that person's door, thinking it's time for us to go back into our apartment. She doesn't understand that she's changed floor. So then I have to pick her up and she's not a pickupable. She doesn't like to be picked up. She's not a lab cat. She's not a cuddler. Um, so it's not great that I have to pick her up, but there's otherwise she would just stay outside that person's door until they um, <laughs> adopted. Her. I don't know. Adopt her. Yeah. <laughs> so that's Moxie. Yeah. That's awesome. Chris, who's your puppo? Oh, I've got two puppos. Uh, one is John, uh, the anole, uh, my daughters. And if you listen to the, uh, the episode of Carb Face, uh, where you are a guest, then everybody can hear about John, but John is found and he is, uh, he's, uh, he resurrected and it's pretty amazing. <laughs> I'm really glad to have him back both as a lizard and as my personal savior. So he's my first puppo. And then my second puppo, uh, we have two cats, uh, Daisy and Jasper, they're brother and sister, they're rescue cats, they're wonderful. Uh, Jasper is really dumb and wonderful and sweet and has herpes. And then uh, his sister, though, is my puppo and her name is Daisy. 
and Daisy's my popo is because she growls at everything. She doesn't know how to accept love, but she really wants love and she doesn't know where to put it. Um, <laughs> and she doesn't know how to accept it. And so you can touch her and she'll growl, uh, but she likes it. She thinks she's not sure. Um, she's just a really, you can see that she's struggling with how to deal with life. And I think she's, I, I identify with her in a lot of ways. Um, but recently, as I'm making dinner, uh, she will, we have a bathroom on the other side of, of the kitchen and she'll just sit, sit in the hallway and stare at me. And I didn't know what she wanted. Um, and I'll, I'll say, hi, Daisy. And then she'll start meowing at me, which is very unusual. And so I kind of walked toward her and then she like got up and started walking to the bathroom again, very unusual because normally she'd run away. She just keeps meowing and she leads me into the bathroom and then she jumps up on the toilet. Uh, thank God, you know, it's closed. And then there's a pedestal sink and she will put her front paws up on it and meow at me. And what she wants me to do is turn the water on. And it's like the best thing in the world. She just wants to go and stand on the sink and drink water. And so this will <laughs> happen multiple times a day, multiple times a day. And because she really doesn't ask for anything else in life, nothing. She is not a needy cat. She really wants to be left alone. Like this is our big emotional breakthrough. <laughs> so we spend a lot of our day going in, turning on the tap, turning it off, making sure we're not wasting water, but trying to give her some love and joy. It's pretty great. Uh, that's beautiful. Apparently cats prefer to drink running water for health reasons, um, the same way that they don't like their food near their water. Yeah, uh, they're smart. You could get her one of those electric cat bowls. Yeah, we've looked into it. Our house needs to be updated, and so we're going through a renovation once we get through all of this, and uh, we're definitely going to put in a plug where we can put her, her uh, water. Uh, oh, that's so sweet. So that she can have a drinking fountain. Yeah, I love her. She's my puppo. Good Beautiful. Jessica, who's your pupple of the week? I mean, out of just necessity, I guess it's midnight because I haven't uh, seen any other animals since we last recorded. I mean, I guess Jay's an animal. Um, but so, yeah. Totally, yeah. It's a horse. <laughs> um, midnight is, she's like, I guess she was sick for the first week that we had her. So that's why she was so mellow and just like only wanted to hug me and snuggle but now she does that like about half of the time and then she's like jumping on the piano and jumping on all the shelves and just like waking us up and just being a normal kitten and so I just try and distract her as much as possible I'll pick her up and take her and look out the window or I'll like open the fridge and be like what what's this all about but she's still pretty great what about you yeah totally uh, Hank's my puppo, but also Lori and Chris, puppos yeah. of the week. Thanks for this great oh idea. Oh my God. Oh my God. Wow. Lori. Yeah. That's, that's two times. I know, right? <laughs> I didn't want to say it. I didn't want to brag, but. No, but that feels Thanks, really guys. special. I'd say Carface. That's a really big deal. Thank you. Carface in general <laughs> is a puppo, like lifetime puppo. Yeah, for sure. Whoa. Speaking of which, if people wanted to listen to your podcast or find you online, uh, Chris and Lori, whoever wants to go first, how would they do that? 
So our podcast is called Carb Face for Radio. Uh, we are on Twitter at Carb Face Pod. We are also on um, Instagram at Carb Face Pod. And the podcast itself is available on all the places like Spotify and iTunes and Google Play and fucking Fisher Price Radio and um, the little yeah. record Your player like house. you give a car yes. face yeah. Yeah. yeah we're putting out Good records on. now it's 15 seconds mm-hmm. long yeah 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 uh, and I am at uh, Twitter and Instagram at Lori Wolliver it's L-A-U-R-I-E W-O-O-L E-V as in Victor E-R amazing Chris where do people find you online uh, and you can find me if you want to, and you don't have to, and that's fine. But if you do, uh, it's so embarrassing to say shit food blogger uh, <laughs> on <laughs> so dumb uh, on Twitter and on Instagram, and it's spelled just like you think, and it's sad, uh, and I'm mean and <laughs> f- funny sometimes. There's a lot of butthole talk for sure. So come for that. I love it. Amazing. Jessica, do you want to talk about uh, bongo dance? Bongo dance? I mean, a lot of people have emailed asking for bongo dance. So if people still want to hear the song that's sweeping the nation, um, email jarner at gmail.com uh, for bongo dance. I think coming up, we're going to do a uh, like a question and answer episode. So if anyone wants to email us some questions, some people already have, retailnightmarespodcast at gmail.com got some really good ones i can't wait to answer and like these are not self-help questions these are just like burning questions you've got on your mind for us like one of the questions i'm not going to answer it now but i'm just going to tease it is phil collins a sex symbol yes or no the answer i can't answer but i have a strong strong opinion i think this is going to provoke a very interesting discussion long well you know how i feel about phil collins I mean, do you know how I feel about Phil Collins? Are we talking current Phil Collins? Current Phil Collins or Phil Collins throughout any time? All iterations, I think. Maybe? Okay. Um, okay. Just rewatch the movie Hook. Turns out he has a role in that film. Of didn't, course he does. Didn't know that as does. a child. Lots of, lots of weird celebrity cameos in that movie for some reason. Can Lori and I answer that really quick before yeah, you, you give your official answers? Yeah. Okay. I, I, I say, of course he is. Of course he is. Yeah. Anybody who can play the drums like that. Uh, the Is it hold on? I can feel it coming in the air tonight. Hold on. Come on. That whole drum thing. That's amazing. That's, that, to me, is sex right there. <laughs> like, that's just what it is. And so tell me he's not a sex symbol. Who, who can play the drums like that? Only a sex symbol. So I say yes. Yeah. Lori? <laughs> I, I think he sort of at times has been a literal sex symbol because of the way that his um, the way that he had his sort of hair hair loss situation. There was kind of like a <laughs> like a straight up penis shape coming right down the center of his forehead. Like he looked, he he literally symbolized um, sex from the from the male perspective. Wow, yeah, 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 yeah. a lot to unpack Good to know. there. Yeah, a lot to think yeah, about. Yeah. We're going to say lots to unpack. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, guys, this has been Retail Nightmares Podcast. It has been a joy to spend our uh, self isolation Saturday afternoon with you two. Uh, we love you very much. Um, to our listeners, we hope everyone is 
feeling okay in these weird times. We think about you all the time. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, we love you. Yeah. Goodbye. Thanks, guys. Thank you, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.